Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. How are you? I'm good. You're looking particularly happy today. Oh, fabulous, fabulous, yes. <laughs> What's like, going on? Oh, just, just. What's happy, the scoop, poop? Happy to be alive. <laughs> Me too, every day. Yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. All right, then. I guess our work here is done. <laughs> Julie's <laughs> happy. I'm happy. We can go home now. <laughs> Snow. Snow, that four-letter word. What do you think? I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it. And I think I've, I've analyzed myself because I have friends on Facebook that every time I put something on that says snow and winter suck, <laughs> um, they're just like, what? Oh, you've got to go snowmobiling with me. No, that's also a lot of work. <laughs> but I think that my dislike of being cold and the wintertime comes back from just being born and raised on a ranch where with the cold and the snow comes more work. Yes. I never was from a family that we did a lot of wintertime fun activities <laughs> because we had to buckle down just yep. to keep the ranch going. Yes. And now that I have my own, I mean, by the time I get home every day, the, the waters are crusted over, you know, you got to, and then it just, Oh, it just takes so much more energy, even yeah. to get ready to go outside, because you've got to bundle up, and it's just, it's hard, and, yeah. and feeding, and, and the time change with the darkness, it all just, it even makes just, me cranky. Even just walking through the snow yeah. to go out and do chores, yeah. it changes, really, the level of energy and effort that you have to put in. Well, true, because I even find myself, walk like a penguin, walk like a penguin, <laughs> because it's slickery, and you don't want to crash and burn, and I'm not always that graceful anyway, and it's just... You know, yeah. and then you feel bad that your animals are outside because people are like, oh, bring your animals inside. <laughs> I can't. I know. I just can't do it. And and you know what? They they they, they would hate it anyway. That is how they are accustomed. But yeah, I just, so I I've, I think about those that love to snowmobile and I, those that love to ski. I mean, that's what they live for. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you never had to raise a cow before, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I do think that what you're saying though is it's the cold factor. Mm -hmm. um, it all boils down to that. Yeah. We did some ultrasounding of our use last weekend and I had to call it at some point. I was mm. like, Kevin, I'm, I, I, I'm freezing. Mm. My hands are going to fall off. No. And, I mean, it worked out great because he was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay out here and keep practicing. It's a new thing to us. And so we don't a hundred percent know what we're looking at yet. Mm. Um, so, you know, just keep doing it. But cold, I do not like to be cold. No. Well, and snow brings so many other things, mm -hmm. you know, um, just driving. Yep. Um, just, you know, simply getting to work. Um, you know, you don't necessarily worry about your own driving. You worry about other people. Oh, yeah. People forget to slow down. Yeah. And when it snows and then the visibility and just, ugh, just, yeah. I could go on. One thing I do actually like about it with the, um, what, when it snows and it's really nice, like nice, fresh, 
undisturbed. Mm-hmm. And then at nighttime when you're driving, it does brighten it up a little bit. Right. Um, but that's very short lived. So <laughs> I try to take the positive from it when and where I can. Yeah. And I, once it gets here, I'm really not that bad with it. Yeah. You know, you get used to getting all bundled up and yeah. stuff. But uh, when the wind comes, double hate, double, oh. double, double hate. Yeah. Maybe that's a triple quadruple. <laughs> very <laughs> much dislike. Yes. Uh, even talking about that with the bundling up for chores. Um, when Kevin and Bailey head out in the evening to go do chores, it's like, oh yeah, dad, I know I've got like five more minutes to work on whatever I'm doing. Cause it's going to take you that long to get <laughs> for you to get bundled. Then I'll move into that space and I'll get bundled. And, um, it is, it's just, you have to think about it yeah. and you know, it's, do I wear this jacket or do I wear that jacket? Mm-hmm. Do I wear the full like balaclava or do I just, mm. you know, which hat is it going to be? Yes. So much thought. Oh, so many thoughts. Extra work. Extra work. But I will tell you, if I am bundled up, if I am warm, Mm -hmm. then I don't mind being outside in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just when I start to get cold that I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Yes. Is that like a fair weather or something? Oh, I think it is. Something. Yeah. But yeah, lots of work on the farm. Mm -hmm. Snow is not always, it's not something that we look forward to because of the extra work that it creates. It really does. But we need it. I mean, we need it. And that's the caveat here. Absolutely. I complain and (laughs) I'm bummed about it. But then in the wind, the sun, um, summertime if we didn't get enough snow then we have other problems yes so it's just one of those things I think about that conference that we went to in Florida in February I think it was and so then you know I'm mad because it's cold at home and then we get to Florida I'm like oh my god it's too hot and I'm sweating and then we fly back and have to lay over in Chicago or whatever and and it's snowing as I get off the plane I'm like oh oh it's this is wonderful so anyway it's all it's all about never happy yes never being happy with where exactly where you are if it could just be sweatshirt weather all the time with mm-hmm. fall colors, um, but still have summer activities available to me, <laughs> then I, that would be great. I In would a perfect be, world. Exactly. I would have no complaints. Oh, that's funny. a lie. I would find something to complain about. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> anyway, well, let's move into our verse of the week. Right. And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So... The reason I picked that verse today is because we're going to be talking about snow mm-hmm. and um, the challenges of like snow shoveling and all of that. And um, I was like, you know, maybe I need to work on my attitude because even if we're s- doing the snow shoveling, we're yep. supposed to be giving the glory to God yes, and thanking him for the snow because <laughs> yes. he knows what he's doing, right? Yes, he does. And, and so I was like, oh, that was a gentle reminder for me not to have a bad attitude. Good. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to apply that more in my I'm, life. I'm working on now. my I'm working on myself because it's easy to not yeah. be True. thrilled to death. True story. <laughs> well, if you have a verse that you'd like to share with us, please send those to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com so that Julie has more to pick from as she puts these topics together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What did you bring for a good news story? Oh, uh, this was um uh, the cutest little thing where a poetic friendship at 100 and 101 is a bond formed through verse. Mm. And so these two uh, people, these, this little couple, they um, met once when uh, she was sitting with a group of friends and they were reading poetry and it caught his ear. And so he came over and then they started visiting and now they nightly go to each other's rooms and um, read poetry to each other. Yes. And so um, basically 
They meet every night in his apartment, and the, it's so cute. They sit close together, but she likes to put her feet under his uh, wheelchair, and, and they just have a way that they sit. So mm-hmm. they're close to each other, but uh, and people can hear through the walls that they're reading their poetry to each other. And um, it's just adorable how they, it's just so important to them that uh, they their own little ministry it really is and then they sit there and and based on their growing up years why they were drawn to poetry and it says uh so though poetry has been present throughout their lives neither either one of them have uh, tried writing their own verses there's a poem about everybody everything you can think about Mm. and it's a long story so we're going to put it on the show notes but it was just Aww. So sweet to think that what that's words, sweet little little ritual that words they have brought and, these two together. And, yep, through that, even oh. at a hundred and a hundred and one. Wow, <laughs> words are powerful. Yes, yes, very much so. Well, mine um, is called a novel experience. Mm. First, this is a um, a quote that is the source is unknown, and it says, "The rapture of being alive is the true experience of life." And this n- novel experience was written by Phyllis S. Heinel. Mm. And it is a true story. So it says, After I boarded a plane in Atlanta for the flight to Spokane, I eagerly opened a highly recommended novel. I anticipated seven relaxing hours of good reading. <laughs> Just as the attendants were closing the doors for takeoff, a late passenger rushed on, breathlessly looking for her seat. Before I finished thinking, I hope it's not the empty seat next to me. Guilty. <laughs> um, a tiny bundle of energy plopped down right beside me and exclaimed, Gracious, I thought I could never make this flight. I closed my book and didn't open it again for the rest of the flight. Mm. Her name was Thelma. She was from New York and was dressed stylishly. Her enthusiastic explanation of her life's work at a children's center in upstate New York captivated me. I could feel Thelma's dedication as she shared one story after another about the children. Her delightful sense of humor shone through as she described her all-out efforts to fill the role of surrogate grandmother to many of the hurting children. Thelma also told me of her daughter's recent tragic death from breast cancer and that she was flying to Spokane for a reunion with her son-in-law and his family. She was eager to meet and hold a new great-grandson and to see the lovely new home her son-in-law of her son-in-law on Lake Ponderay in Idaho. Mm. Thelma was obviously coming to terms with her daughter's death. She emphasized that her daughter had not wanted her to mourn, but to continue her worthwhile work of helping children without parents. I silently prayed, if I am ever faced with losing a child, let me handle it with her kind of courage, grace, and dignity. Mm. I confided in Thelma that my trip to Spokane was one of comparison. Our youngest daughter, Debbie had just divorced after 22 years of marriage and needed a mom fix. Debbie and I had talked endlessly by phone, um, and mother's intuition told me she needed loving arms to hold her along with words of encouragement. Oh, As the plane landed, Thelma and I were astounded that the flight had passed so quickly. We exchanged addresses, promising to write. At the gate, we each walked into the arms of waiting loved ones and turned um, to wave goodbye to each other. My daughter and I had a wonderful visit. We shopped for items Debbie needed in her new apartment. We talked long into the nights discussing her plans for the future. Debbie had decided to continue her photography business but needed my reassurance. I agreed that she had made a sound decision. Debbie's two children were in college, and it seemed for the first time in many years my daughter 
daughter had the complete freedom to think and plan for herself. She had held fast to the hope for renewed happiness. Winging my way back to Atlanta, I was confident that Debbie would be just fine in her new life. I knew that a loving man who would appreciate her qualities was somewhere in her future. Mm -hmm. Months later, a ringing telephone hurried me into the kitchen and a breathless voice said, hi mom, I have some exciting news for you. I've been dating a man who is great fun and loves to dance. His name is Don and he's asked me to marry him. He's a widower with four grown children, a darling little grandson, and he has a beautiful new home on Lake Pondere in uh-huh. Idaho. Flashing lights went off in my memory. I asked Debbie, would it be possible to call Don and ask him if he has a mother-in-law named Thelma from New York? <laughs> I knew the answer before her return call. Thelma's son-in-law, Don, and my daughter, Debbie, were married at the lovely home on Lake Pondere on March 7th, 1993. Thelma carried on with her life after her daughter's death, and by her example, she encouraged Don to go on living as well. Mm-hmm. The results... Debbie has a wonderful husband, every mother's dream for her daughter. Um, as for the best-selling novel I planned to read on that milestone flight from Atlanta to Spokane, well, I eventually read it, and it was okay. <laughs> but the opportunity, the opportune meeting with Thelma was just the beginning of a beautiful, unfolding story of, my, of life, love, and family. Much better than a book. Isn't that something? It's wild. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love those kinds of stories. Yeah. But that is... Amazing. The Lord works in mysterious ways. They oh, say that all the time. It should be a grandma saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you yeah, with that one. For sure. Oh. Anywho, huh. so let's roll into our topic. Um, okay. And it's a safety hot topic. It is. Yep. It is, we're literally. Talk about scooping and shoveling snow. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the weather can make shoveling more difficult. Cold air makes working and breathing hard, which adds some extra strain to the body. Shovelers are also at risk for hypothermia, a decrease in body temperature if they are not dressed uh, correctly to the weather conditions. Yep. And I'll tell you what, do you have a kid that runs hot that will never wear a, (laughs) you know, I see some of these kiddos playing outside and I'm just like, go get your coat on. I said that to one of our clients the other day and he goes, I don't have a winter coat because I'm just too hot. And I'm just... <laughs> You're freezing. Freezing. It's like the jokes that you see about like horses in blankets and they have like mm. 20 blankets, one on top of another because my mom was cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it happens every winter. Um, snow falls, usually leaving piles of the stuff to clear from your sidewalks <laughs> and your driveways. <laughs> um, but there are things that you should consider before um, attacking this major snowfall, right? Right. So there's some good news and bad news. Yes. The good news um, is that 15 minutes of shoveling snow counts as moderate physical activity. That's according to the Surgeon General's report. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all know, based on previous episodes, that we need to be striving for this activity, right? And eating broccoli. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, yeah. So 15 minutes of snow shoveling counts as moderate physical activity. Um, And this basically is, it's a lot of calories that can be burned up in 30 minutes of snow shoveling. The bad news though, is that researchers have reported an increase in the number of fatal heart attacks among snow shovelers after heavy snowfalls. This is, this episode is not meant to be a downer. It's just meant to bring some light and Mm -hmm. clarity to, I mean, it's, it is a very physical activity to do. Right. And the rise in that this death must be due to, or can be due to sudden demand that the shoveling would place on your heart. Mm. Um, snow shoveling may cause a quick increase in the heart rate and blood pressure. And one study determined that after only 
two minutes of shoveling, the heart rate of sedentary men rose to levels higher than those normally recommended during aerobic exercise. Oh my goodness. So it, it's um, a vigorous activity, even for, even for healthy college students. A study performed by researchers at the North Dakota State University determined that based on heart rate, shoveling was, moder- um, was a moderately intense activity for college-age students most of the time, but was vigorous activity during about one-third of their shoveling time of 14 minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about the numbers of yeah. people that are impacted. And we're not just talking heart attacks yeah. here. Uh, there was a, um, so the, this task sends an average of 11,000 adults and children to the hospital every year. I would have never known that. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, a new 17 year old study published in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine details the most common health hazards associated with shoveling snow lead to bad backs broken bones, head injuries, and even deadly heart problems. Oh, my goodness <laughs> oh sakes. Oh, my gosh. And um, the cold temperatures always also add, besides the increased workload, to the chances of a heart attack mm-hmm. for at-risk individuals. <clears throat> and sometimes, unfortunately, you don't know that you're at risk. Oh, right. Yeah, this study actually found that, um, what did it say? 195,000 people were treated in the emergency, in the hospital emergency room from what, 1990 to 2006. That's almost 200,000 people <laughs> that had some type of an injury from, oh and, and not just a heart attack, but there are other injuries. The study found that um, overworking your muscles, falling, even being hit with a shovel. So basically, I'm assu- I just envision like slipping and falling and then your shovel comes down and bonks you in the head or something. <laughs> um, muscle and ligament tendon, tendon, other soft tissue injuries top the list um, of shoveling mishaps. And low back injuries, unfortunately, were pretty common. Oh. Um, also common snow shoveling injuries would include cuts or broken bones. Arms and hands were the most likely regions. Again, I just keep wondering about that, you know, slipping and falling. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And then the, the good news is that only 7% of the snow shoveling injuries were made up by heart-related problems. So, but it can be pretty serious. Oh my gosh. Adults over 55 mm-hmm. were 4.25 times more likely than younger people to have heart-related symptoms, which is logical. Did you know that actually, because um, we, when I think about snow shoveling, I think about like my husband, Kevin, going out there yeah. and shoveling, or mm-hmm. unfortunately at times my mom ends up shoveling at grandma's house, but mm-hmm. also there's incidents with children. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, they do say that most snow shoveling injuries occur in adult men. However, more than 700 injuries occurred in children under 19. Children were nearly 15 times more likely than adults to be hurt because they were hit by a snow shovel. Was it the parent (laughs) taking after the kid with a snow shovel? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. It's not funny. It really isn't funny. But since those injuries were mostly head injuries, basically um, they, you have to teach your kid that it, the shovel is really truly not a toy. Right. It can be dangerous. <laughs> so be careful. Oh, yeah. Because they're saying a result of horse, horse play or other inappropriate uses of the snow shovel. Probably things that you and I would do if we were tasked with shoveling oh. at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, Having yeah. races down the ramp. Or fencing with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See who could push the most snow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Don't do those things. No. how accidents happen. Oh, Lordy. Right. Who who are the people that should think twice about shoveling snow? Well, me. (laughs) Also me. (laughs) Uh, For sure, people that would be at risk for heart attack, anyone who has already had a heart attack, Mm. um, anyone who has an individual history of heart disease, 
um, those with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smokers, and then individuals that lead a primarily sedentary lifestyle. It's like you can't just roll off the couch and go out and do snow shoveling without your body's like, uh, what have you done? What What have you you done to me? Oh Lord. Uh, so they're like, well, if you're not supposed to shovel, should you go buy a snowblower, which (laughs) can be quite spendy. Mm. And they say not necessarily, not everyone who shovels snow is going to have a heart attack. Snow shoveling can be a good exercise when performed correctly Mm -hmm. and with safety in mind. Um, also consider back safety when shoveling snow. People don't realize how heavy that stuff it gets. is. And depending on whether it's a dry snow or a wet snow yep. also makes a difference on how heavy it is. Yep. But yes, it is very physical. Yeah, boy. So um, a pile of snow shoveling tips. Ooh. So um, be heart healthy and back healthy while shoveling this winter. Mm-hmm. If you are inactive or have a history of heart trouble, talk to your doctor before you take on snow shovel. Don't be a hero. (laughs) No, but I understand really honestly, even when I think about my mom's case, it's something that has to get done. Uh Should she be out there shoveling snow? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Is it necessary? At times, yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, right here at the office. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, we get spoiled. We have the greatest company that comes and does ours and they've done it for years and they try to be here by eight in the morning. But if it's been a really snowy (laughs) night, they may not. So, you know, we just have to grab that shovel and make a path because we don't know when people are going to walk into our places and we need to be responsible for where people walk up our stairs. You know, is there ice that, you know, and so we then grab those shovels and take on from there. Yes. Kevin has been a blessing to us so far this year. I haven't had to shovel once here at the office, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes I'll call. I'll be like, hey, where are you? I haven't seen you yet this morning. Well, I'm out shoveling snow. Uh, (laughs) That's nice to have that. (laughs) They do say to avoid caffeine and nicotine before you begin shoveling. They are stimulants. They may increase your heart rate and cause your blood vessels to constrict. Um, and that's going to place extra stress on the heart. Right. Something that um, you wouldn't necessarily think about, but they say drink plenty of water. Mm-hmm. Dehydration is just as big of an issue in cold weather months as it is in summer. And you would never think that. Yep. Dress in layers so that you can remove layers as needed. And synthetic fibers help wick away perspiration better than natural fibers. I am guilty of this when we work sheep yes. in the winter. Yes. You put on all of these layers and then you go out and you start cleaning the barn and then the next thing you know you're stripped down and you're in just a t-shirt because uh-huh. you've overheated and then that's <laughs> not good for you either no no um and what have i heard when you wear a snow hat mm-hmm. a cap a stocking cap thank you yes <laughs> with a little bobble yeah anyway um they say that that's where you lose so much of your body yep. heat is your head yep and so, cause I wear my scarf and I wear my, you know, and I've noticed I got to keep my ears warm, yep. but man, the second I'm hot, I'm just pull that off. And dying. then it's just like instant relief. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yep. So um, also warm up your muscles by, you know, you can take a walk, do some sort of just a couple minutes of marching in place, but stretch your muscles in your arms and legs because they, as we learned in our last episode, warm muscles are going to work more efficiently and be less likely to be injured. I'm also guilty of that. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's time to roll. Let's go. And then you just go out there and you start at at 100%, you know, going 90 miles an hour. Right. Which 
I should really march in place a little bit more, apparently. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, begin shoveling slowly to avoid putting a sudden demand on your heart. Pace yourself and take breaks as needed. Mm-hmm. And protect your back. Uh-huh. Always lift correctly. Stand with your feet and your hip, um, your feet about hip width for balance. Keep the shovel close to your body. Bend from the knees, not from the back. Tighten your stomach muscles as you lift. Avoid twisting. And if you need to um, move the snow from one side, reposition your feet to face the direction of, that the snow will be going most importantly, listen to your body and stop if you feel pain. Right. I'm bad about that too. Like, oh, scoop it up, show it, you know, try to throw it over here or whatever and not really thinking through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just with snow shoveling. Life in general. Life At in times general, there is no thinking through. When you're shoveling poo through. in the barn. <laughs> yes, that. yes. We don't just shovel It's snow. not just snow. No, no. There's a lot of poo to be shoveled yeah. at the farm. And do you hear our kitty? She's very, very talkative about the snow as well. Yes. She, she likes to stand at the door and scratch on it and like just bell her as though her life is over if mm-hmm. you don't let her outside. But then as soon as you let her outside and she like looks out there or even maybe puts a paw just <laughs> gingerly out the door, then she's like, why would you even think that I would go outside? We'll what, you that. idiot. <laughs> she is the judgiest cat ever. Yeah. This morning I walked in and she just sat in her throne and looked at me like, it's just pure disgust, and I, I I don't even know what I did, but I always have to check myself because Tuna's a little hard on my self-esteem. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. And one of the b- biggest tips is pick the right shovel for you, and I never even thought about that, but it's so funny because there's articles on picking the yep. right shovel. A smaller blade will require you to lift less snow, putting less strain on your body. However, how many of us are going to pick the shovel with this big when you want to get done. And so you and pick that, the one with this big. And then you wonder why it's so heavy or it breaks or all of the things. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of different options. I mean, we even have a couple different types here in the office. Yeah. We have that huge one that works out nicely to just run it down. You know, I the think ramp, two, yeah. two swipes down the ramp and it moves it off nicely. But it just depends on how heavy the snow is and how much of it there is. Yeah. Um, well, and the, the thing that's bad about that is when you're just going oh. you think and then you hit a rock or you hit a something like that's where the wood is not raised up a little bit even it yep. stops then you it immediately you. oh yeah. yeah so those are you know that could be an alley yeah yeah for sure so uh basically they've just done a lot of research on these ergonomic type shovels mm. which um so uh could a, re- a redesign of the snow shovel head off some overexertion, overexertion injuries? Many experts say yes. The basic snow shovel hasn't changed much since it was invented over 100 years ago. Hand grips are often lacking, and the shovel length typically is too less, um, too short for most uh, users. Steel shovels are heavy. This, this inefficient, non-ergonomic <laughs> design forces users to bend and twist while heaving snow, raising the risk for spine injuries. Oh, adapting a, a shovel so that the pull is longer, adjustable, and curved can decrease the amount of bending needed. And uh, sed- studies show that the curved-shaped shovels can help lower your risk of muscle injury. I don't think I've ever seen one that's curved. I don't know that I have either. Yeah, they're becoming more and more available and are typically made of lighter materials such as plastic or uh, live, uh, lightweight aluminum. But So there's parts of the shovel yeah, this is so well, and how you hold the shovel is so important. And yeah. again, in the barn, you know, um, basically 
the, the closer you can get to what's the heaviest, uh-huh. the better it's going to be, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're shoveling and you have this big, huge scoop way out here and you're holding mm-hmm. back at the handle and trying to steady that, <laughs> and it's not a good thing. But I do think someone should invent a shovel that actually has hand warmers or something. A oh, heated, a heated, heated. I might be more inclined to use it. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, someone should do it anyway. <laughs> well, the other thing when you're shoveling that I have noticed that really helps a lot is the level of grunt yeah. that you put into it. Mm-hmm. If it's just a little, you just, ooh, <laughs> got it over the f- got it over the fence. Yeah, but you got to put you, some real hefty. When you got to get to really, really into a deep grunt, then that helps. With Why the, is that? They say that in like lifting and everything too. <laughs> <when> you- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so any shovel will do, right? No, I no, think not. Not no. every shovel will do. Little not did any we know. shovel. Any shovel? Yes. Ah, uh, boy. So there's uh, features of the shovel to consider. Mm. The weight. Mm-hmm. They should be lightweight but sturdy. Right. The length. The handle um, should reach the user's chest to reduce the amount of forward bending. Oh. Uh, the shaft type uh, with a bend may be easier on your back. When used correctly, because they come in straight. Yeah. And then some. And the curvy ones. I haven't seen that, but yeah. also handle type. So they typically will have that D-shaped handle. Right. Be sure that the handle type does not force the wrist into an awkward position. Okay. And then the blade size and shape. Mm-hmm. Choose a style that best matches the exact task. For example, a large push style shovel, like we were talking mm-hmm. that we have here, will move large amounts of snow, but may l- result in lifting too much weight. Right. A smaller blade shovel should be used for lifting and throwing snow the smaller blade will decrease the weight that is lifted and decrease the risk of injury yep Mm. that's why like um when we use that big one here on the ramp we're Mm -hmm. not really I'm just like trying to push it down and Mm -hmm. then out into the driveway so that someone can not that I've had to do that this year anyway but (laughs) um but yeah I would not want to try to lift that up because it's way it would be way too heavy Yeah. yeah yeah for sure so and then how should you shovel? How should you? You should work at a steady pace. Okay. Um, shoveling is going to make you sweat. And if you stop, you might get a chill like oh, we were talking yep. about. Um, push the snow rather than lifting it. If you must throw it, take only as much snow th- that you can easily lift up and turn your feet to the direction you're throwing. Don't twist at the waist. Don't throw <laughs> Don't do anything that I do when <laughs> I normally shovel snow. <laughs> do not throw sh- snow over your shoulder or to the side pace yourself. Um, shoveling snow is, it's strenuous activity and it's comparable to weightlifting, um, while walking on uneven and unstable ground and wearing heavy duty clothing. Uh, also take frequent breaks and drink some warm non-alcoholic fluids. <laughs> Are they thinking you might get a little <laughs> wild if you have a little schnapps I in guess, your, uh, maybe. uh, hot cocoa? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much information on shoveling out there. Well, we even talk about, I mean, we share it with our caregivers uh-huh. too, because oftentimes um, we're taking care of someone that is not going to be able to shovel, shovel any snow. So wow. our caregivers are having to do that to clear paths, to be able to get safely in and out of homes. And we want to make sure that they are equipped yeah. to the best of their ability uh, to not get hurt because it's it's a big thing. Yeah. Yes, uh, so basically while the task of shoveling snow is a straightforward one, there are many injuries that can occur while performing the task. Consider the injuries mentioned and the steps to take to avoid it and uh, 
just think about all these things the next time that you want to shovel snow. Mm-hmm. Proper planning and best work practices while performing work tasks can help reduce workers' compensation claims oh. and all of those big things that oh we boy. don't want to deal with. Yeah. Uh, or people getting hurt and having to go to the hospital. I mean, there is such an impact when you really stop and think about yeah. how getting an injury from doing this one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, anyway, it is... One of those things that we really should think about. We have thought about it, and mm-hmm. we've hired somebody to do yeah. it. Yeah, if you can, I love it. If you can, I I highly recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's just not feasible for us to be able to do that. Those things here at the office, but working with a company that takes such good care of us yeah. is just phenomenal. Yeah, and like we just had that huge windstorm what a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same company came and cleaned up all of our. I don't even know if there's a tree left on this oh property. Honestly, it, it was, was pretty crazy. devastating. Yeah. It was um, really weird. Yeah, very. But find yourself people that you enjoy like we do. Yes. And um, hopefully you can take advantage of that. Otherwise, if you are an elder and you need help with that, let call your agency on aging. Yes. Uh, find somebody in your church that mm-hmm. knows of a youngster that wants to make a couple bucks. Well, you even just recently had a situation where through social media, mm-hmm. you found someone talking about that storm with um, that they had a day off and they wanted to spend their day on Veterans Day yes. helping pick up branches for, for a veteran for that a would veteran. need help. And so there are a lot of different places that you can go and look for help, make calls, even call agencies like ours. And mm-hmm. if you just don't know where to start, mm-hmm. hopefully we can try to point you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, a cute guy, uh, he's just the cutest kid that goes to church mm-hmm. uh, with me, and he just graduated from high school, and he's looking for odd jobs. Mm-hmm. And they, um, his mother brought it up at, at church, and I was like, oh, he'd be perfect for little tasks here and there, yeah. you know, make a few extra bucks and, you know, get some good work ethic and all that. Yeah. So there are people out there that will do it. So really think about what you need to do and what, what you need to, uh, you know, how much can you really, really feasibly do? Yeah. And I think knowing your limits and huge, um, that's a big, big deal. So big. The older I get and the more times I've hurt my back, even just by coughing, I'm like, I'm just not going to push my limits. I, I I know that if I do this, it's going to hurt and I don't want to hurt. So I'm going to find another way. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So when you are out there shoveling snow, make sure that you are taking good safety measures and, pay attention to the shovel that you're using ask for help if you need it um yeah yeah, take good care yes for sure it's just one one slip up and you've got another problem big problem Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. why don't you uh, wind us down julie with a grandma saying oh my goodness so um as i'm looking up older sayings and all of that there's one called uh no spring chicken um, if my grandma were to be believed, she knew a large number of people who were not so young anymore. <laughs> you know, Ellen, she'd say, well, she's no spring chicken, but still she got right up on that horse and galloped away <laughs> or something like that. The history of the saying is that New England farmers used to sell their chickens in springtime when they, the chicken were young. Sometimes the farmer would attempt to sell one or one of his older birds, a chicken that would sur- had survived the winter for the new, um, for the same new spring chicken price. Savvy buyers would notice this and declare, that's no spring chicken. Well, grandma is no spring chicken these days, though I kind of think she's okay with that. You'd never know it, though, as she's full of life and sayings as ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and hopefully will be for more years to come. Oh, I love that, because I've heard that a, lo- a I know. lot. It's so funny to find the origins of these sayings and go, I was way off. Yeah, that's not what <laughs> I thought at all. Every single time. I... Thought I knew, 
But wow. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in and listening to us today. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed, please go do that wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> Google, Apple. Um, go and you can watch us on YouTube. You please go and subscribe to our Apaga Karen Share Facebook group and send us your your verses, your uplifting stories, your grandma sayings. <laughs> and with that, um, I think that's it. So peace out, Girl Scouts. Yeah, take care in the snow. <laughs> Have a good day. The Caregiven Name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates. 